Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look back on everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw. NXT Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, oh. AW Rampage, pay-per-views or premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on Wrestle Culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown, which was quite the roller coaster, Hamlet. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think this is some sort of fantastic wrestling show full of like WWE fixing everything that is so systemically broken, but I thought it was loaded with talking points uh, and that's what we're here to do. So I was watching it very much from a content producer's point of view rather than a wrestling fan's and I was like, did I enjoy this? Not particularly, but is there absolutely loads of stuff that we can unpick? Yeah, it's, mm. um, and in like in very much the same way, it's teed up a Royal Rumble that is kind of achieving the same thing. A lot of this card on paper is feeling stuff that I cannot wait to get to. Yeah. Their show, show is... Well, it's the wrong end of the month, isn't it? We've still got weeks to go. And yet they have, in the space of, well, the first week of the year, um, through the chaos of day one and the follow through and then the stuff that was announced on the SmackDown, they've just thrown it all out there to try and get everybody hyped for the start of WrestleMania season, which I didn't expect to be saying on, what, the 10th of January? No, exactly. Uh, Despite PR disasters last week, it does feel when I sit there on a Sunday and watch this and Rampage and Battle of the Belts that it's 2022 WWE's year here because it just all seems to be falling into place, whether deliberately or accidentally for them. You've raised a point there, and I think it's worth addressing now, like because we'll forget because we always do because these things are designed in a way to make you forget. But last week, you mentioned PR Nightmare. Um, last week was the kind of formal mercy killing of what was left of Triple H's NXT in the form of those releases. And this is how, just a reminder, just days removed from a roundtable podcast we did, wherever you get your podcasts, about the latest cuts and about the latest ramifications and what it means and maybe what people should feel or how they should act about this. This is a reminder of how WWE does this because Mm. um, those releases dropped on Wednesday and Thursday. And then by Friday, the mere naming of old wrestlers that you might remember <laughs> some of your favorites and a quite unique set of circumstances with another one that we'll get to in the Royal Rumble kind of made everybody go cool doing a Royal Rumble season and that's how this like let's stop and I'm saying let's as a collective I'm not throwing this on anybody in particular but let's stop as a collective like imagining to ourselves that oh how can this promotion get any worse on a Thursday when you see a match graphic like an old wrestler you used to like on a Friday, be like, get in, pay-per-view season, road to WrestleMania, book, book him a flight to Dallas, because that's the hold these stupid letters have over all of us. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll talk more about it later on, but I think uh, Sid summed it up perfectly in his tweet over the weekend saying, 
I mean, the reason why they've done all these things about bringing back all these wrestlers and what have you is because they released so many people, they might not have enough people for a 30 women Royal Rumble. And yet we're sat here on a Monday going, have WWE opened the forbidden door? Really buzzed about that, by the way. Yeah, that's a like a great point made by my esteemed colleague. On Friday, I began work on a piece that I enjoy doing every year, which is predicting all 30 women in the Women's Royal Rumble. And in my introduction first, and I made a big point about how this task is harder than ever because there isn't 30 to choose from from the main roster. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of experience on NXT to pull from. And then they announced like 12 names on Friday night and Paul acts that introduction entirely. So I... Thanks, WWE. Anyway, that article's still great, and it's coming soon to what culture falls slash WWE. So, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we'll talk all about that when we get to it on this show. Uh, the show, of course, started uh, with Universal Champion Roman Reigns coming out. Thank goodness uh, he'd got given the all clear after testing positive and missing day one. It was a video package explaining everything that has gone on in the interim with Brock Lesnar and the WWE Championship, etc. cetera. Uh, Reigns comes out, demands the fans acknowledge him. And uh, some of them do, some of them not so much. Um, but he talks about having time to himself, time to reflect, time to think whilst he's in isolation about the things he's done and the things he wants to do and the people he wants to see. And he wants to see everyone basically except for Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. And even saying the words Paul Heyman makes him wince and just pull this fantastic face. Uh, of course, this immediately brings out uh, Brock Lesnar flanked by Paul Heyman, who uh, goes to do the uh, intro for Lesnar, but Lesnar decides he wants to do it himself right in the face of Roman Reigns. Um, and he's just having the best time introducing himself as WWE World Heavyweight Champion, etc. And uh, Heyman thinks he's even done it better than, than even he could. Um, and uh, Lesnar said he, he got what he wanted last Saturday at day one, and he wants to give the fans what they want. And he tells Roman Reigns to acknowledge him and then challenges him to a champion versus champion match right here tonight. Uh, and Reigns says, it's a good idea, but it's just not my idea. And this is my show and I make the decisions and I don't want to do business with anyone that associates with that trash. Paul Heyman right there. Heyman, oh, He's wounded by this and he's distraught. And he says, how can you do that? How can you say things like that, Roman? Think about the, the things we've been through. I helped you in that title. I love you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Lesnar turns around and says, what the you just say, basically? And Heyman says, look, you, when you weren't here, Roman's all I had and we've got this shared history. And Lesnar says, shut up, Paul. And Rain says, don't talk to him like that. And uh, Lesnar gets in gets in Heyman's face. What's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen as Heyman's trying to explain himself. Roman Reigns seizes the opportunity. Superman punch on Brock Lesnar and leaves. Uh, and Paul Heyman just looks shocked. Doesn't exactly know what to do with himself following this. Um, I just think they've really, again, stumbled into an incredible build to WrestleMania and the, the question mark still remains over Paul Heyman, despite everything. What did you make this opening segment, Hamlet? I, I still don't know. And you recapping it hasn't cleared this up. Was this brilliant, stupid, brilliantly stupid or stupidly brilliant? I just cannot figure it out because, yeah, they have, and they don't even deserve it, which is the worst thing. They have stumbled into Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, probably, in a match that looked like it was going to happen 10 days ago, and even then we were sort of feeling like, well, I'm glad they're doing it now because it wouldn't have got to WrestleMania. Didn't mm. feel like it had the didn't feel like it had the steam anymore. The Heyman thing is interesting, but the, the rest of it doesn't feel like it's got the steam. And they're gonna do it, and it's gonna be great. And I just I'm cross they've managed it, and I'm cross they've managed it with such a lightness of touch in this specific segment. <laughs> I was I was flabbergasted by how much I enjoyed this because. If you take this at absolute face value, Roman Reigns saying don't talk about Paul Heyman like that in the same segment he's called him trash is like a logical WWE nonsense. You know, if you apply that to most of the characters mm. where they're in these one one note joke stories or they're in these one week builds and all that sort of but this is not that. This is them attempting, I think, to articulate the difficulties and complexities of the breakup of a relationship. Yeah. That feeling it- of I I hate you, I love you, I hate you, I love you. And Paul Heyman's, well, what we used to say about Roman when he was, oh, it's his ex and his sex. 
we can't even figure out which one is which anymore. And this is this dialogue is far more convincing than Heyman throwing the belt in between the two and asking yeah. us to believe what he was. I think they've really hit upon something here. And I just, I cannot fathom how they've done it, quite honestly. Yeah, it's the most WWE thing ever. I, I, do you know what I got from it as well? As I think the relationship point is, is a fantastic one. But I also got, it's a bit like when you slag off your football team. Now, obviously, I wouldn't slag off my football team because they're the greatest football team ever and they scored at Stamford Bridge in the FA Cup this weekend uh, in one of the most incredible moments of my life. Um, so thanks for that, yeah. a quasi one little chest feels in the last five minutes, wasn't it? I so I I really got confused because granted we had conceded five goals prior to it, but I was under see the impression I was under the impression that it was last goal winner. So I yeah. I was fully expecting to see our name come out in the next round of the FA Cup. But uh, I, I, anyway, fo- look, football's a ten minute game and it starts in the eightieth minute. That's how I've always known it. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, apologies if any of these uh, reviews today are a bit all over the place. It was, a, it was a bit of a mad weekend in London for me. Um, but anyway, bringing it back to this, um, like I said, it's just it, it's landed in their lap a little bit accidentally, and yet they've they've really knocked out of the park. Do you know what I was thinking as you were talking there? Because you're right, it's this weird dynamic with all three that they can just do these segments, rinse and repeat for the next few months, and I'd still probably heap praise on them. This might be the only example where I would give WWE the opportunity to do a can-they-coexist tag team storyline. <laughs> Someone suggested it on the news this morning, and me and Andy sort of scoffed about it. And then I thought, well, they have got, what, two and a half, three months to kill between the Rumble and WrestleMania, and they're going to have to do something. And two-man power trip Lester and Reigns might be my favourite thing. Like you say, it's, it's yet again, WWE stumbling into an incredible storyline just at the right time. Well, when you said power trip, it made me think of those tag team champions. What if somehow Lesnar beats up the Usos by himself because Roman won't fight the bloodline and then wins the tag belts for them? Like, takes the Usos tag belts for him and Roman. And again, it's building up one match, but in there are three separate permutations, aren't there? Like Lesnar has now spoke title versus title into existence, mm-hmm. which we've had in recent WrestleManias. We, of course, were there in person to see Becky win both belts. So it's not something they're afraid to do as a one night thing. Or you've now got two title matches at the Royal Rumble. One we'll get on to later, where a run in from the opponent could cost one of them a belt. Mm. So it's, I, it's, and we don't know where Paul like, Heyman's allegiance is as always. Yeah, I'm, I'm loath to call it great, but the amount of speculation it invites genuinely is. It's exciting. I just think it's so good. It is like, like I say, me saying, oh, Chesterfield were a bit crap in that first half. And someone else going, yeah, yeah, you were rubbish against Chelsea in the first 20 minutes. And I go, don't say oh. that. I'm allowed yeah. to say that. You're not. Not you. So, <laughs> I just, the Paul Heyman question mark is, because like you say, if you were going to have him infiltrate Brock Lesnar, this is exactly the way that you'd do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes that mask would slip and you'd be like, don't smack talk him. He's my boy. No, oh, he's not my boy, obviously, anymore. But Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are categorically the two biggest stars in this company, as proven by the belt slung over their shoulder. That is plausible deniability that, like, for getting fooled by Paul Heyman because he can claim credit for both of them being at the top of their game. It's 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 like it holds together all of this. And just think about the the legacy, title for title, like you say, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky at WrestleMania. And then the next night, Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston on Monday Night Raw. That definitely wasn't disappointing. Uh, anyway, let's move on because um, we go backstage to Sami Zayn, who's uh, still complaining about this conspiracy. Release the dumb documentary, Sami. Uh, he's not happy that he tonight has to face a man he called a gorilla with a guitar, which is actually quite good. Uh, Rick Boogs, uh, before he faces Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, he says Nakamura's ducking him, basically he talks about the year, you know, he's had after he was screwed out of this title. And then he bumps into Johnny Knoxville off of Jackass, um, who's trying to find management to uh, campaign uh, for a spot in the Royal Rumble. And Zayn says, well, this isn't Jackass. You, you can't just do whatever you want and, and just get hoiding because you're a celebrity. Well, I beg to disagree, but anyway. Um, 
he says, look, you, you, you need, you need proper wrestling talent to be in the Royal Rumble. And in a bit of an exposure of WWE, Knoxville says, no, I don't know. She needs to be able to chuck someone over the top rope. And Zane scoffs at this and says, well, we'll wait and see until you actually show me something that means you deserve a place in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and Knoxville calls him in his idiot as, as Zane heads out there. I just love Sami Zayn interacting with celebrities, even if he does get murks a lot of the time. I don't know how we didn't call the prospect of Sami Zayn being the one, uh, probably because we weren't yet at the point where we were going to do Johnny Knoxville rumble predictions. Mm. But it, as soon as they were on screen together, my mind started racing at where exactly you go with this. I like, like now I want this. Now I want this for the Royal Rumble. Um, and I want it for the Rumble and beyond. I want Sami Zayn to be campaigning outside cinemas, not to air the new Jackass film, but to air <laughs> his conspiracy theory movie. Like, that is the sort of nonsense that gets WrestleMania. I want Sami Zayn to cry foul when it's not just Knoxville, but everybody from the Jackass crew coming to help him eliminate uh, Sami from the Royal Rumble. And, crucially, I want elements of what they were discussing here to be paid off. I want Johnny Knoxville to not be permitted into the Royal Rumble, which Sami Zayn is very pleased about because it is indeed for wrestlers. But I want an appearance from the mysterious... El Jonerico. (laughs) I believe he hails from Knoxville, a curious figure in a red mask and black tights to come out and throw Sami Zayn over the top rope as he thinks he's seen a ghost. That's genius. All I was going to say was next week, Sami Zayn snaps and beats up Johnny Knoxville, seemingly taking him out of the title match. And in the interim, as much as I realised that we were talking about the fact that 2022 is going to be Sami Zayn's year, Hamlet, in the following weeks, I know we've only got like three, have Sami Zayn, have Jackass-style pranks. I'm not a fan of pranks on YouTube <laughs> a lot of the time, but Jackass pranks, that was that's my formative years right there. So Sami Zayn's walking through the back, and I know they already did this on Monday Night Raw, but it's still one of my favourites. Sami Zayn's walking through... And Rick Boogs is there and he says, hey, Sammy. Sammy, uh. hey, Sammy, high five. And a giant hand comes around and slams him. Or Sammy Zayn, I know I know. I'm gonna, people are going to say I'm burying him, but Sammy Zayn is Teflon to a lot of this. Sammy Zayn finds out that all oh, the, the toilets in the arena, Hamlet, they're shut. But thankfully, there's a porta potty outside, goes into that. Of course, it's on a bungee cord and you just hoy him into the air. All that sort of good stuff. See Rick Boogs. Haven't had a haven't had a match. It's coming out of the shower, and then Sami Zayn's got a camera with him, and he looks at us and he says, "Hi, I'm Sami Zayn, and welcome to Smack Ass." And then he <laughs> towel whips Rick Boogs in the ass, and you just see him running away, darting down a corridor. Let's be honest; it can't be as bad as what they did in this bloody match. Look, we get Rick Boogs versus Sami Zayn after this. Rick Boogs. Uh, power game, of course. He's hoying Sami Zayn all over the place, but Sami Zayn's a wily veteran. Uh, nevertheless, Boogs hits a press slam on Sami Zayn to take us into the break. When we come back, Boogs still in control, but Zayn fights back. Elbow drop off the second turnbuckle, gets the two down. Uh, Boogs catches Sami Zayn in midair in a bear hug. Goes to suplex him. He's got him hold him above his head. I love this spot. Zayn does that thing where he rains down knees whilst being held in the air. But that doesn't take him out of the hole. Instead, Boogs just drops to a knee, then powers back up and suplexes Sami Zayn. Loved that spot. Didn't love what came next, though. Zayn regains control. George acts a bit with Shinsuke Nakamura at ringside and then comes straight back in Sami Zayn to be caught in a small package by Rick Boogs, who steals one and bails to the outside. Sami Zayn apoplectic with Shinsuke Nakamura's involvement and the way the match played out. So he's yelling from the ring when who should sneak down there but Johnny Knoxville himself who uh, hoys Sami Zayn over the top rope. And then it's announced, yeah, that's enough to qualify for the rumble. Uh, It's almost like the authority around here to be questioned and can't be held responsible for running a competent wrestling show, isn't it? Yeah, Knoxville's in for now at least. We'll see if like this continues on with Sami Zayn crying foul and crying conspiracy. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you highlighted the um, step up off the suplex spot because it was the only thing I had to say about this. It's really cool when these... And I say this compliment, like in complimentary fashion, wrestlers are freaks of nature. They are one-offs, every single one of them, for the job that they've chosen to do. And then when you see physical feats like this, it just, you need to pop your eyes back in. Um, 
but WWE takes that and we end where we always end up sat on the ramp celebrating our victory. I, I don't know how they go from one thing to another and they can't just they can't just make gifable content without it being ruined seconds later because that's how long a gif is. You can never do the fun bit because before it's even finished, you've got to a bit that you don't like and you think, well, I don't want to share that, do I? I just wish they were I wish they were better. Because yes, this is going to Zayn Nakamura, but it's just such a boring build. And like, even if shut up, you boring build. Even if Nakamura w- uh, loses and Zayn wins the Intercontinental Title, like great, because he'll elevate it just by it being on him. But you're not going to feel anything for the feud in the match itself. No, exactly. The only thing that you could do is have Sami Zayn win and celebrate. With party boy. We're going to have to do an entirely separate podcast. Fantasy booking all the jackass spots we want to be included. We're the only people really marking out for the crossover between jackass and WWE here. Are we going to do a jackass movie post show podcast? Are we going to do like just. Well, like on a, we'll go see it on a Monday so that we don't have to review Raw on a Tuesday. We'll just review Jackass <laughs> instead. Yeah, welcome you to know, the Raw you, review. Skip. You, you yeah, like, let's talk about Jackass instead. You just like recapping all the stunts and pranks. We'll have to know me and Cedric offer an analysis on where it went right or if it was believable or things like that. Uh, right, we go go backstage next. Hey, Kyla! Is there uh, chatting with the New Day. They say it's their last chance against the Usos. They've got a street fight for the SmackDown Tag Team titles late tonight. Load of King stuff, load of hand of the King stuff. Good fun. It's the new day. Not really to say about this. I, other than I completely disagree, I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> it's one of those where I just I, I'm mesmerised by King Woods's crown. So I was let a lot of it slide, and and you know they're clearly ha- having quite a good time with this. And I I don't know why I pop with Kofi Kingston giving money to people. <laughs> <laughs> Each to their own, I suppose. Uh, they're, right, they're, a better ro- they're a better royal family than ours, you know. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Charlotte Flair comes down. They do some bollocks about her surname again. A Flair for the something or other. Okay. She comes down. She talks about the <laughs> Royal Rumble uh, and explains, did you know, Michael Hamlet, the winner earns a title shot and headlines WrestleMania. And I thought, I thought, well, not always headlines WrestleMania. I remember when... A guy in literally the previous couple of segments won the Royal Rumble, and I said him versus AJ Styles is going to be the main event of WrestleMania, and it wasn't probably for the yeah. best looking back, but still could have. Uh, Sheamus won the Royal Rumble, and he opened WrestleMania, and his match was eighteen <laughs> seconds. Like it's you know. Anyway, Charlotte Flair is going to reveal some of the participants in the women's Royal Rumble match, and they are. <clears throat> Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., the Bella Twins. Now my wife actually is going to be bothered to watch the Royal Rumble as a result <laughs> of that announcement. Uh, Shotzi, Natalia, uh, Michelle McCool, Dana Brooke, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Mickey James, Impact Knockouts champion. Mickey James, as Pat McAfee noted. More on that in a second. Um, Tamina, Kelly Kelly, Aaliyah, Summer Ray, which apparently was going to be a surprise on the night, but was subsequently spoiled here by WWE. No great loss that we didn't get that surprise on the night, if I'm perfectly honest, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, and WWE legend Lita. Um, and Flair noted there's going to be another major star in the Royal Rumble this year. The 19th, if I've done my maths right there, the 19th participant is going to be her. She's going to be in the Royal Rumble. She's going to win it. And then she's going to pick her WrestleMania opponent uh, before she can continue, though. Naomi comes out. She comes down to the ring. And I thought, oh, have they just entirely dropped the whole Sonya Deville stuff then? More on that in a second. Um, but she said to Flair, you don't have to wait till WrestleMania to pick your challenger. I'm, I'm here right now. Why don't we have a match right now? The, the whole number one, it's not a number one contender. What is it called? Championship contender match, effectively, is what she's angling at. Flair says, well, what have you done to earn a title shot recently? You've just been doing all this bollocks with Sonya Deville, effectively. And uh, Naomi says, yeah, that's a fair point, but I have I have done this. And she just clocks Charlotte Flair, hoys her out of the ring, and we'll get the match when we come back from the break. But first of all, uh, Hamlet, your thoughts on, on some of those names? And as I said earlier... WWE opening the forbidden door. <laughs> WWE opening um, a second forbidden door because the first one was the one they opened to drop Mickey James's possessions in trash bags outside <laughs> the house. In. Um, 
I mean, big news. Yeah, it's this is big. All of this is interesting. Um, this is sort of what we were alluding to at the start of this. I was really excited to sit down and talk to you about this. They've um, we'll save Mickey James to last. They've obviously listed some of the very few available names they've got from the main roster women's division. I have long advocated for in the era of two belts on the main roster for both men's and women's divisions. I've long advocated for a champion trying to go in there and call the shot and win it. We saw a version of that with the Brock Lesnar run, and it was so yeah. much fun. So much fun. But I, I've always wanted to see the, the normalised version of that. A champion goes in and says, I'm going to win this to get my own match and get my own main event. Charlotte, is, when you think about it, sort of the perfect person for that as yeah. well. The perfectly cast a role. But let's not beat around the bush. That, like the other names, is a convenience for WWE because Nick Khan doesn't look at the pay-per-view schedule any more than he looks at ongoing storylines when he deletes rows from his spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we um got a pay-per-view coming up where we need a minimum of 60 wrestlers across two matches. Don't care, releases! This is my favourite <laughs> time of the year! Like, he's not bothered. So this is this is absolutely that. And everybody should look at this with a right eye. Um, but what is interesting to me about this, before we get to the big bombshell, the big news, the forbidden door, as it were, is the naming of people that would have generated a reaction on the night, leading me, Adam Wilborn, to believe that the big surprises are being left unmentioned. Nikki Bella, I look at. Lita, I look at. Um, and obviously, and Michelle McCool, I look at. And Mickey yeah. James, another one I look at, would have been major pop generators on the night, will offer, and I've named those wrestlers in particular, either significant star power or quality or both to the match itself. And yet they have been advertised. I think it is thus okay to assume slash believe that more surprises are on their way and check out whatculture.com forward slash WB very, very soon for the people I believe in forecast will be those surprises. But their naming of people now leads me to believe that the big, big surprises are in the back pocket for the night. And that's a nice feeling going into the Royal Rumble itself, mm. you know. It's a nice feeling going into that big match. There are a couple of names that I don't want us to talk about now because they're going to make good thumbnails for me shortly. And I want people to click to see what I think they're going to do. But let's get to Mickey James. Uh, this is unprecedented. It's history making. It's all of those synonyms uh, in terms of <clears throat> any kind of working relationship between WWE and Impact, formerly TNA. The only case of this I can think of was the Ric Flair, Christian Cage, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, Slammiversary switch back in 2012, I think. We've obviously seen them mine the TNA archives for footage on the documentaries in the likes of signing AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and bring Kurt Angle back and that. There's Clearly, there's been a, a um, channel of communication that's opened up between the two sides to make that happen. But this is on another level. Last year, if you recall the Mickey James trash bag story, mm. it was either Triple H or Stephanie McMahon, I think it was Triple H, that tweeted their profound apologies that such a thing had happened. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Somebody very high up in WB, a public facing figure, admitted how wrong that was. And then you had a lot of other wrestlers coming forward, women especially, to say, yeah, same for me. Got the bin bags when I got my release papers. Dreadful, you know? And I wonder how much of that really stuck to WB at the time. And they thought there will come a time where we can extend a bit of an olive branch. Mickey James has accepted it. Mickey James has taken on an interesting role since leaving WWE. She was a big part in the NWA all-women's show. Mm-hmm. She's obviously, obviously uh, you know, the knockouts champion in Impact, a women's division that gets a lot of praise, sometimes a touch overstated in my, in my opinion, but um, a women's division that is often superior to, let's say, AEWs, and Mickey James yeah. is currently the figurehead of that, with a lot of WWE history. It's a really interesting, if transparently motivated, <laughs> choice. Uh, like... Uh, I don't know if it's a short-term thing, a long-term thing. And you can look at this two ways. If you want to just toast WWE, I'm I'm sick of the term, quite honestly, but it's just the easiest way to say it, isn't it? Opening the forbidden door here. Um, And some people won't like this, but I think it's a truism. Thank AEW for erecting it in the first place. Mm. If this is, if WWE have got no choice, but every now and then to extend an outreached and panicked hand to another organisation for a talent, then who put this sort of stuff back in the conversation in the first place? Mm. 
So even if the purists want to just be like, uh, no, it's totally different and it's not all cynically motivated, then <laughs> be, be thankful that the world was a bit more opened up in the first place by an opposition coming in and doing this. Because, yeah, look, I, there is... I'm going to say it now because I don't think I'm going to be able to fit her in the list anymore, but I had an awesome pitch for an NXT talent. An awesome pitch. Three, two, one. And the noise just wakes Wendy Chew up and she was asleep. <laughs> she's like, what, bloody hell? And she's like, she sees all these people rest of the ring. So oh, I better go in there then, isn't Because the klaxon is so loud. She's been sleeping underneath the ring during this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The Wendy Chews of the world have been lost out to legends and... um Forbidden doors and the like, but I'd like this was newsworthy. This was interesting. Yeah. I've got way more skin in the game when it comes to women's Royal Rumble from what I was fearing was going to be a bit of a show. Good, like good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, the potential, obviously, of having someone like a Mickey James as Impact Knockouts champion involved in the match. Lita, uh, Summer Ray, Kelly Kelly, the Michelle McCool, the Bellas, as you mentioned, they're all going to get some attention on this match, which is which is the right thing to do. I don't think you needed to keep the summer thing a surprise on the night as much as people are like, oh, they've spoiled one of the big surprises. Not for me personally. But I look at this list now, Hamlet, and you've got SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. You've got 24-7 champion Dana Brooke. You've got uh, Knockouts champion Mickey James. You've got, I think, <laughs> I really haven't been paying attention to this that much, Women's tag team champions, Queen Zelina and Carmella. They still got those belts, haven't they? They did that bollocks yep. with Nikki and Rhea on Raw last week. Four champions in the match. Four's a nice number. I just think, you know, five is a, a better sort of round number, Hampler. I'm not saying, mm -hmm. obviously, Becky Lynch should be involved in this match. She's got a number one contenders match uh, tonight. Uh, three people competing for the right to face her at the Royal Rumble. We'll preview that on the Raw preview later on. All I'm saying is if you had some other women's tag team champions, let's say, who maybe you could, you know, if you're tight on numbers, they could just occupy one slot. And then for me, if I could use a word to sort of encapsulate what they could bring to this women's Royal Rumble match, I suppose, apologies, headphone users, I'd describe them making this 2022 women's Royal Rumble truly... <clears throat> Your willing of this into existence already is inspirational to me. So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> wait a minute, anyway. wait a minute, wait a minute, no. Because of Mickey James being sanctioned, are we deciding that the Iconics are legal for entry into the Royal <laughs> Rumble? Is, is, that, is that what you're telling me? Oh. With a with a socially distanced pat on the leg, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Anyway, returning to SmackDown, we got the match then, uh, Charlotte Flair versus Naomi. And I really enjoyed this. Um, We talked about this before we started recording about how these two needed uh, a match like this, Charlotte Flair in particular. Um, Yes, there's shenanigans that we'll talk about, but in terms of just those two working together, I just thought, oh, I've missed this just sort of straightforward women's match with two really good workers uh, for a while. Um, Yeah, back and forth between these two. Uh, Naomi goes up top. Uh, Flair hits her with a big boot to send her to the floor. Um, She uh, comes out the ring, hoys Naomi over the barricade, but Naomi fights back and hits a great-looking blockbuster off the barricade. It looks like she might actually win the match via countout, sneaking back into the ring at eight, and Charlotte Flair looks like she's in no position to to get back in. But of course, as I mentioned, Sonya Deville walks out and announces, oh, sorry, I forgot, this match can't end via countout. Uh, We go to a break, come back. Flair's in control. Uh, Naomi fights back, kicks her in the head, goes up top, flying crossbody, gets a near fall, goes to the rear view, but Flair counters with a roll-up. That gets a two-count. Then transitions into the figure four leg lock. She's trying to bridge into the figure eight, but Naomi, wily as she is, makes it to the bottom rope. And then Deville again gets on the mic and says, oh, sorry, yeah, I I forgot to mention this is... No DQ either. This match basically can only end end via pinfall or submission. Flair smirks at this announcement, but Naomi fights back again. Kick her to the head. Uh, Flair puts her down for a moonsault. uh, And they do that spot where she moonsaults. And it's incredible every time I see this. Flair moonsaults, lands on her feet because Naomi's moved, but hits a standing moonsault for a near fall. Can't quite believe that she didn't get the pin on that one. Um, and Naomi fights back. Loved the, the uh, work together here for a sort of sit-out full Nelson, rolled over into a two-count. Uh, Naomi goes up top to hit that uh, split-legged moonsault of hers, but Flair cuts her off. Back suplex, natural selection. One, two, three. This was great. This was really good. Um, you sort of mentioned it at the start of your recap there. there. There are certain times when in WWE, the weekly churn becomes more than that. It becomes like a sludge, a miasma that the wrestlers can't pull themselves from. And then all it takes is a match. All it takes is less fluff, less silliness. And the simple stuff that a lot of them, a lot of this roster are trained so well to do. Um, and yeah, we got the sports entertainment stuff at the end and the Sonya Deville feud must continue and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this is the way to push that forward. Um, this was, again, a bit of a make good, if you take it from the Charlotte Flair side and, and abandoned Tony Storm feud because obviously she decided to leave, left Charlotte Flair without an opponent and an mm-hmm. angle for day one. And presumably, you know, they've extended the Liv Morgan stuff a little bit on Raw with Becky Lynch to buy them a number one contenders match for the Rumble. All of this Charlotte stuff, including this match with Naomi, feels like them having to scramble a little bit. And yet again, they've scrambled well. I, and this might come to nothing. So I'm saying this with a certain hesitation. I just feel like as an analyst, I would be remiss if I didn't mention it, if it does turn out to be true. That, you mentioned it specifically, I think. The moonsault that she misses and then does a standing one, which she hasn't executed flawlessly up until now, but this one was great Mm -hmm. against Naomi, is a play on an Alexa Bliss spot where she does the, she like misses the first backflip and then lands with the second one Mm -hmm. on the knees. They've been teasing Alexa's return on Raw and they've not shied away from old Lily stuff. (laughs) And it was Charlotte that ripped Lily's head off. And remember Alexa crying goo or whatever it was. No, she um, dribbled an Alka-Sell, so that was it, wasn't it? Yes, that was it. That was how she departed. Charlotte Flair has been tasked with naming a bunch of people for the Royal Rumble. And he's doing a move that like has shades of, as Jim Ross would say, Alexa Bliss. And over on the other show, Alexa Bliss is teasing the return. Is she going to be the one to eliminate Charlotte Flair in a return to her old Ooh. self at the Royal Rumble, having surprised Flair because Flair didn't know she was going to be in the match and has overlooked her completely since ripping her doll's head off. And you have a potential WrestleMania direction for Charlotte Flair because she's not been able to call her own shot. 
and I've got the the, the tagline. Like, think about like think. Give me some like memorable uh, WrestleMania taglines. You've got you know once in a lifetime. You've got the unstoppable force, the immovable object, and oh my god, I can't believe we haven't seen this before. This year, Wrestle was it WrestleMania thirty eight? Yeah, yeah. This year, WrestleMania 38, it's Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Join us on Saturday night. It's, it's woo versus goo. <laughs> goo. <laughs> well, there we go. That's a uh, booked ticket off. Add it to the Wikipedia page today. WWE. Stick on now for the on the WrestleMania 38 card. Get that one on there now. Uh, <laughs> moving on from all this. Scare, scare versus flare, woo versus goo. Uh, would you, quick word on the uh, shenanigans between... What, uh, what what word rhymes with uh, playground? No, I can't think of it. Let's move on. Quick word on the shenanigans with Sonya Deville, I suppose, before we move on. Do you put Sonya Deville in the Rumble and have Naomi Eliminator? Is it yeah. That's pretty good, isn't it? Like she came out the other. You weren't watching wrestling at Christmas, did you see? Or did we talk about this? Was this just before you went off? I think it was because Zaylee's lightning strikes. Sonia Deville is sort of halfback because her gear is cool. She made that like half appearance. Oh yeah, before before Zaylee's lightning. Um, so she, it's on her mind. She wouldn't have had wrestling gear made unless there was some sort of comeback on her mind. So maybe Deville enters the rumble. And, Where is uh, Zaylee actually? She came back, she did the lightning. Well, she turned up, she did yeah. the lightning, and then I think I was away. Did anything happen with her? No, and it's not ideal that she wasn't in this list either, is it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, backstage with the SmackDown Tag Team Champions and Kyla! Uh, chatting to them. Uh, they talk about the street fight going on later. They said the feud's going to end tonight. Uh, and they reference the fact that they hit the 3D at day one, except they're calling it the 1D, the one and done. And they say we're going to prove the reason why they are the ones a little bit later on. Uh, and then Pierce, Postman Pierce, bumps into Sonya Deville uh, to say, look, with all the things that are going on, we, we need a challenger for Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Uh, and they've let me select it and I get to announce it by the end of tonight's show. Uh, let's go off and bounce some ideas around Nice little hook, this, for the end of the show, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what was surprising to me when this aired was that, was this the end of the Brock Lesnar stuff then? They've managed to fairly effectively put this on pause now. Because he wasn't on the rest of the show, was he? I'm not imagining no. that. This was it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite smart they put that back on pause because you've got this, like, I, I, we've just waxed lyrical on Lesnar and uh, Roman, but Lesnar-Lashley is a thing to get excited about for a month. It's a good stopgap thing. So I yeah, quite like and, that they've managed to somehow sort of effectively put that on pause for something else. I mean, I get it. You shouldn't really have Lesnar just going, well, he chinned me and that's that and we'll deal with that in February sort of thing. But at the same time, yeah, Brock Lesnar shouldn't be like, well, I want to keep doing this feuding with, with Roman Reigns and travelling all over the country to show up and, and jaw jack with him and Paul and you know, tug of war and blah, blah, blah. I should probably be worried about, again, the former MMA fighter just like me who has been wrecking dudes for fun on Monday night. Maybe I should be preparing for him. So, yeah, like you say, in terms of shifting focus, that's quite possibly what they're going towards. Uh, And I'll deal with who is going to be Roman's uh, number one contender at the end of the show. I thought it was maybe... um, emblematic of of the the fact they knew where this show was going please stick around uh and uh, watch because we're <laughs> going to announce roman's number one contender at the end of this show but first happy talk <laughs> um and oh. again i think they know what they're getting in in this because pat mcafee joked post this segment that they'd lost two million viewers <laughs> so happy corbin comes to the ring but he's he's all alone michael hamfler uh but he has got a special guest tonight um after what happened uh, day one, he discusses the attack on Drew McIntyre. They show the footage of the referees going, please don't kill him. And then just standing by and watching him attempt to crush another man's throat. Um, and he said, look, doing that to any normal person, they'd be out for months. But Drew McIntyre is he's not that. He's better than that. He's a, he's a bigger man than that. And he's here tonight. And he was the big Drew McIntyre introduction. Can we cover something before we cover this? Because I'm looking forward to your recap of what the hell happened next. 
did WWE, because for the longest time went without acknowledging COVID, like a full year, when they finally decided to, have they gotten a bit overexcited with it? And it's become Vince Man's latest thing. Like when Roman got it, you had Pat McAfee almost building a pay-per-view match between Roman Reigns and COVID itself. For like, when he comes back, COVID's going to be in big trouble. And then there was some, he did actually have a pretty good line. It was something like, Roman didn't have COVID, COVID had Roman. Mm. And it lost as we all, something like that. It was nice anyway. But it was Corbin sort of like, like they, they were just so excited to throw a reference in. Well, you know, COVID going around, you better watch your back. I tell you who else needs to watch your back is uh, Drew McIntyre. That <laughs> was the most unnecessary. Like, you don't look over your shoulder for COVID unless somebody's coughing in your ear when you're trying to do your shopping. Like, it's not, they were so desperate to put it in the dialogue after years of people going, well, with the uh, stuff going on, we've decided for reasons of our own to move all of television to an empty gym. <laughs> and now apparently COVID like, is just Johnny Knoxville eliminating Sami Zayn from behind or something. Wait, who was that? Was it COVID? No, it was uh, the guy from Jackass. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was coronavirus. I, just, yeah, it's... I found it odd that they were so... They've gone the other... They've got, it's they've WWE, haven't they? They've absolutely WWE'd this one. It's it's South Park, uh, the South Park episode where they're allowed to swear. And so they... Yeah. Uh, wait, we're allowed to say it now. Well, I can say it all the <laughs> time then. Got to make up for lost time here. Um, but we you've should take this... You've got some Omicron on your face there. <laughs> we should take this seriously because later on, Michael Cole did talk about McIntyre's injury. Uh, cervical neck strain with severe contusions and Michael Hamlet. Anal bleeding. <laughs> Yay, piece of work. It's bad, this, you know. Um, I hope he's all right. I hope yeah. it's not as serious. Like, we're not medical professionals, as that never not been any clearer than on our podcasts. But, um, I, like, it sounds bad, doesn't it? And you just hope for someone like a Drew McIntyre that it's not, uh, like, longer term. Yeah, it'd be nice to think that this is... Um, not a work, but it'd be nice to think they're up in the severity in order for his return at yes. some point sooner to be a surprise rather than it being as long-term sounding as it feels. Yeah, again, if he's been working through something, incredible work from him, we obviously wish him well his recovery. I'm only joking about all the the, the anal stuff because <laughs> it's a go-to whenever they have to do a try and do a serious injury announcement on, on WWE. Um, but I always say this. Never wish an injury on anyone, but like you say, if it is hopefully better than what they're describing and they're using this as a way to just take him off TV before a, a big build towards a grudge match at WrestleMania, then it's actually perfect timing, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. But what am it's I talking like, about? Well, this is it. We've not even we've not even sort of considered the fact that he was on this very show. So why are we why are we sort of speculating about his return when it was coming in about six seconds' time? Indeed, out comes Drew McIntyre. I can't believe some people in the crowd actually bought this. <laughs> like the cheer for when he hits the music. And I was like, guys, have you ever seen a wrestling show before? Uh, out comes Drew McIntyre looking a little bit different. Still jacked. I'll give him that. It's still absolutely jacked. But he's got a, yeah. a floppy inflatable sword, a neck brace and a cane. Who could have called that one? Uh, oh, we did uh, on the SmackDown preview, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh <laughs> I subsequently found out um, spoilers. This was actually Mad Cat Moss dressed as uh, dressed as Drew McIntyre. A big reveal. Uh, spoilers coming. Uh, I'm astonished by this. Uh, so I'm watching and reviewing this show live as we went. I thought Drew was back. I was feeling so much more relieved after what we just discussed. Please continue. So Corbin helps Drew sit down and he says, "How how are you even here? How are you even walking?" And Moss says, sorry, this is there. McIntyre says, I spent a lifetime eating haggis so I can survive anything. I did enjoy the uh, unique accent. Scottish, question mark, that Madcap Moss was going for here. We work with Andy Murray every day. So, and he's obviously just, look, Scotland is not one accent, just like England isn't. I know we're only tiny countries to our American listeners, but same for states, you know. We do our dreadful American accent sometime and we're probably all over the map. Scotland has more regional dialects, shall we say. Mm. Have you got Andy Murray's take on Madcap Moss's, uh, I'm not in the office, unfortunately, today. Have you got his take on Madcap Moss's impression yet? Uh, not very complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's more annoyed about him shooting on Haggis uh, as he tweeted subsequent to of this course. segment. So, of course, yeah. 
a delicacy. He brings haggis in for his lunch every day. People might not know that. Um, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Anyway, he has deep fried. He has deep fried haggis sandwiches. As is tradition. <laughs> yeah. uh, McIntyre McIntyre admits that uh, Coleman would kill me in a match. Oh, I couldn't take you any any day of the week, especially not now. Um, but Corbin, professional interview that he is, has one final question about when Drew McIntyre will compete again. Um, and Drew says, well, I could compete tomorrow, but I'm going to milk the century so I can pursue my passion of watercolour painting and poetry about the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, I'm not laughing at this content. I'm laughing at you delivering this. This is not good. This is not good, WWE. No. Thankfully, the Viking Raiders are here to, to end this. And that's when we get the uh, response from Pat McAfee saying, well, we've just lost 2 million viewers for that. And we get, <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is a way to build the Viking Raiders back up to being title contenders for the Usos, perhaps? Question mark. Nah, they lost in three minutes. Uh, they got a bit of offense <laughs> in typical sort of Viking Raiders offense. And then uh, the heels isolate uh, Eric, I believe, Yes, and then as he goes to tag Ivar, Corbin pulls Ivar off the apron. Moss hits what he calls the punchline and gets the victory. I had no to say on the match whatsoever. Nothing at all. No. They're, they're either going for the cheap heat with these heels because he's injured for real or McIntyre returns as early as the Rumble or at latest at WrestleMania. I hope for his sake it's the former because Baron Corbin doesn't feel like much of a treat for Drew the WrestleMania build, does it? I'm sorry, have you forgotten the uh, epic grudge match that Corbin had at WrestleMania a while back with Elias? <laughs> I thought you were going to refer to the time that he uh, retired one Kurt Angle. Quite, oh. quite the legacy on the old grandest stage as Big Baron. Uh, Sheamus is backstage um, <laughs> recapping day one and Ridge Bloody Holland getting his nose broken, um, which uh, all happened... It's just to make matters worse. On the kickoff show, I didn't even see it until about halfway through the show. I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Although, like, at least when Rich Holland saw he was on the kickoff, he knew he was in for a fight because that's probably just what him and his mates would call it. When, when we're watching Sheamus and there's a kickoff in pub, <laughs> he's like, he just, he thought, oh, oh no, Cesaro's here again. Uh, but I did like the Sheamus saying, so to cheer Rich Holland up, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Right, let's talk about this for a second. Can we? Right, <laughs> it all true there, right? Right. Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this for a second, Wilbon. WWE goes nowhere. Everybody goes nowhere. Everything is standing still. It is happening again. Sheamus won the goddamn Royal Rumble ten years ago. Feel oh. old yet? Ten years ago, man. Ten years. Like, let's put this into perspective, right? If Madison Square Garden in 2008, the number 30 clacks and hits and it goes. And instead of John Cena's music hitting, it was Steve Austin fully recovered. The glass smashes and he wins the Rumble. That would be the same gap between him winning the Royal Rumble in 1998 and then as Seamus entering this year's Rumble is in his win. It's all gone wrong, mate. It's all gone wrong. Yeah, he's just he's just meeting the ring at this point, isn't he? Superfly Jimmy Snooker wasn't in the 1988 Royal Rumble, right? He was that was the first first sort of incarnation of its kind, but he could have been theoretically. I think he was in for for the example of this sake, like I think he was in the 1990 Royal Rumble, mm. right? Imagine when The Rock was saying, "Well, I'm afraid of Crash Holly and Headbanger Mosh, but really, I'm afraid of the Big Show. It's the big one, you know, me and the Big Show, mano y mano in the Royal Rumble." And then the Superfly came out and splashed them both. <laughs> it was like, oh, he's a big favourite here in New York. And he came out and he won it. I'm not talking about that weird nostalgia pop that they had with him and Roddy Piper in 2008. He comes out, like he says, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble, brother. <laughs> and like, it's like, no, you're not, you're 100. And I'm going to dedicate this win to Crash Ollie. Yeah, it's just, I kind of, 10 years ago, he won this Royal Rumble, Seamus. Like him and Brian was 10 years ago this year. Yeah. yeah. How am I? Sort your life out, WWE, and start making changes. 
Roman Reigns is in his locker room. Postman Pierce goes in to see him uh, and he says he's picked his next opponent. That didn't take long, uh, but Roman Reigns couldn't care less. And uh, he told him, piss off. I want to watch my cousins in this street fight next. And uh, yeah, Pierce obliges. And we get the Usos versus the New Day uh, in a street Skip. match. Oh God, it's not that podcast, is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on. It's the Usos and the New Day. I, I genuinely, I know they've wrestled a lot. But I still could watch them. And I also watched this and thought, having watched Rampage, thought, you heard what they did in the Rampage main event and just went, just do that, didn't you? <laughs> the, the ultimate irony that I sit here saying to you, of all people, well, one, I couldn't be arsed with this Usos New Day street fight because TJ and Penelope Ford and the Bunny did it better. Those specific four people smashed this in that kind of junk food street fight you way. And I had no energy for this at all. Uh, so, like you say, we've seen the New Day and the Usos fight a lot. They just, they work really well together. Like you say, I get it that you've seen this quite a few times. They weren't reinventing the wheel here, but still enjoyable nonetheless. Kingston hits a trust fall onto the heels to take us into the break early on when we come back. Uh, they're fighting up the ramp. They're fighting on the stage. Uh, Jay gets sent into the LED screen by uh, King Woods and then they fight back down, fight around ringside, um, get in, uh, hit an assisted Samoan drop on Kofi Kingston for a two count. Then they tape uh, Xavier Woods to the top rope. Where on earth could they have seen that or heard about that happening on a Friday night, I wonder. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's literally what happened on Rampage, which was taped on Wednesday. But anyway, uh, Kingston saves Xavier Woods, gets him out of there, uh, hits a reverse suplex on Jay, SOS on Jimmy. That gets a near fall. Uh, again, they fight around ringside. Um, they uh, hit Kofi Kingston with the steps. Uh, they take the steps into the crowd over the barricade and hit Xavier Woods to lay him out there, but Woods eventually recovers. It's a flying crossbody off the barricade. Uh, they hit a flying crossbody, New Day do, uh, a flying crossbody doomsday device thing on Jimmy for a two count. And then they go under the ring to find Roman armor, I think it was, like a yeah. chest plate. Uh, I did, I see, this is it. This is me rolling my eyes. Bloody armor under the ring, but I suppose they could have put it in there in advance. And it made sense in terms of the fact that Xavier Woods got hit by a super kick by, I think, Jay. Um, mm. But because he was wearing the helmet, it had no effect. So they beat Jay down <laughs> using the armor. Jimmy has to make the save. Um, fans want tables and Xavier Woods obliges. They set it up in the corner, but Jimmy fights back. Super kick on Woods, sends Woods out to the floor and Jay Hicks Kingston with another super kick. Kingston gets out the way of the Rikishi splash in the corner, though. Hits trouble in paradise, but Jimmy breaks up the pinfall. Kingston goes to the armor again, tries to use it, but the Usos use the numbers game. Double super kick, uh, and they hit the 1D through the table for the victory. Anything you want to say about the match? 1D thing was quite cute after referencing the 3D. Um, and no doubt we've got a lot of that heat, that sweet, oh. sweet heat. Um I, I like a couple of bits in this for charming, but not so charming that I was wowed into giving them yet another pass. I gotta be honest, I think their day one match was a little bit overrated. Ooh, um, so I like I really like that, but I thought it was it was my match of the year at the end of it. So you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm currently the low guy on Uso's New Day content, perhaps. I don't know. This one didn't really work for me. Need to know your thoughts on Ketty next, though, because uh, before the show goes off the air, we cut back to Roman's dressing room and do you know what best knock I've ever heard <laughs> say here because it wasn't just a knocking on the door it wasn't just a, a rat-a-tat-tat it was to the shield the shield theme knock 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 because Roman Reigns' opponent at the Royal Rumble will be <laughs> Seth freaking, give his full title, Rollins. Reigns doesn't know where to look. And I thought, God damn it, again, WWE. What? Roman can't wrestle. We'll, we'll put the world title on uh, uh, Lesnar. And we'll have him face uh, Bobby Lashley. But what are we going to do about Roman at uh, the Rumble? I don't know, have him face... His uh, former Shield teammate with years of history attached to it and some real intrigue. 
yeah, bollocks, that'll just, just chuck it all together and get a perfect pay-per-view card. I couldn't get over this. Yeah, we often talk on this podcast of grading WWE on a curve. I can't even describe what that curve is because, you know, if you pick this apart, as you sort of did a little bit there, you still end up praising the chaos and landing on your excitement for the match itself. It's yeah. a, it's the strangest thing. Like, if AEW did something even half as egregious as this, we'd be on them because we hold them to a quality standard mm-hmm. throughout the entire show of wanting. We still chase the rest of the new utopia with AEW. You're just looking for the carnage of the fireworks factory in WWE, and they're just showing you a bit of it. And you're like, I like Seth Rollins is on Raw. So when it comes to SmackDown, he's not even their star. But it doesn't <laughs> matter because, oh, they've just shown you something you want to look at. We found logical routes to Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins on multiple SmackDown previews and reviews last year. Go back and listen to them in the archives. But then they drafted him to Raw. And you and I both know, Will Bond, there's only one night of the year where Raw mm. and SmackDown stars fight each other, and that's the Survivor Series. So we <laughs> thought, well, we're going to have to wait till next year's draft. And then they just say, now nah, doing it at the Royal Rumble just because. Now, here's the thing. You can wrap some story around this because, um, and I'll do it because WWE won't, <laughs> because uh, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville oversee both brands. Postman Pierce might suggest that he feels a certain pang of guilt that Seth Rollins' singles title match for day one yeah. became a three-way, a four-way, and then a five-way that included Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so in terms of getting a like a bank, remember he was running around with that clipboard? Yeah. And it was like, uh, it's all going to go my way. And then gradually that match got worse and worse and worse for him. Postman Pierce, if they choose to do this, could say, look, I kind of owed him a singles title match. Yeah, that, that um, title match kind of got away from me, if I'm honest. <laughs> it did, yeah. My bad. Let that one go a bit. It's Christmas. I wasn't paying attention. I was doing karaoke on the work night. Oh, just, sorry. My bad. My bad. So he's fixed it here. So that they could actually apply a little bit of logic to this as a favour to him. But what I like about this is in the same way that now Lesnar is distracted with Bobby Lashley, I like that on Raw, one of our little quiet favourite acts of recent times, the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, honour among thieves relationship is quite intriguing because they've gone from thinking, well, if there's two of us and one of us beats Brock, then we'll just make the title match for ourselves. Now they've got to translate that, transfer that to Roman. Kevin Owens tonight will be like, ah, so that's really cool, Seth. And I'll make sure you win. You give me the WrestleMania match and we are all good. We are all good. And Seth's laughing along and he's like, it's all right. I know how to beat Roman. I got it. And then he's like, guy hit me with a golf cart last year's Royal Rumble. You don't know how to beat this Roman. I know you used to work with a guy, but you, this is a different cat. It's great. Like, I think they can have some real fun with this on Raw. And earnestly, genuinely, you see the graphic, you see them on screen together. It's There's electricity, the shield stuff. The shield were cool. This is cool. Yeah. Can't bloody wait for the Royal Rumble. I think it's a great yeah. card shaping up already. But again, completely by accident, but nevertheless, because we heard today the news was going to be, uh, I think Seth was going to win the Fatal 4-Way, potentially, says Meltzer at day one, and then mm-hmm. it was going to be him and E, the one who would assume at, at Mania. But this is, in my opinion, much preferable. And uh, <laughs> as in the words of someone else, they make money in spite of themselves, WWE. But That's in it. terms of pulling out their arse at the last minute, my God, what a match out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Wonderful stuff. So uh, I left SmackDown feeling very, very good about myself and good about what we've got to come next on the blue brand. And in what, oh God, less than three weeks, is it, till the Rumble now? Uh, yes, it's uh, twenty. the last sort of Sunday of the month, isn't it? So yeah. three weeks to go. Oh. Well, let us know your thoughts uh, on Friday night SmackDown and, and where we go from here heading towards the Royal Rumble on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hampler at... Aquasi Asante. <laughs> at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we'll be back to preview Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. Uh, and of course, myself and Sid are going to be reviewing AW Rampage and Battle of the Belts in a big bumper podcast later on today too. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.